Good day, Roster Watch Nation. This is your local friendly trash man. And this is the fantasy fallout going into week six of the NFL season. For the first game on the slate, the Colts on Thursday night lost to the Patriots 38-24. Naheem Hines had 90 yards and has effectively taken over the Colts' backfield. He outtouched Jordan Wilkins 22-8, and he should remain an important role, um, even when Marlon Mack returns, which could be this week. He's too much of an asset in the passing game. T.Y. Hilton, speaking of the passing game, is no lock to play in Week 6, so it makes sense to roster Chester Rogers, who had 8 receptions and 66 yards, and or Ryan Grant, who had 6 receptions for 58 yards, this upcoming week. They were both serviceable PPR plays in week five. Eric Ebron is a tight end one on the season. Well, he is actually the tight end number one on the season thus far with 255 yards and five touchdowns. Eric Swoop was the second tight end for ND and he was pretty active. He even scored. So days like Ebron's nine reception, 109 yard, two touchdown day um, can happen even when Jack Doyle does return. So hold on to him. Keep playing him. He could end up being the number one tight end on the season. Julian Edelman, on the other side of the ball, played 50 of 71 snaps, so he wasn't eased back in. He'll be an every week wide receiver two going forward. Josh Gordon, he only played 20 of the 71 snaps, yet he managed to come down with 50 yards and a touchdown. It'll be a high upside play in week six against the Chiefs. You know, they're going to have to throw in that one. Chris Hogan played the most snaps of any Pats receiver, surprisingly, but he only managed three receptions for 34 yards. If you're still holding on to him, I'm not sure you need to do that anymore unless you feel like taking a chance with him against the Chiefs which would be, in my opinion, his last gasp. As Gordon should up his snaps, and Julian Edelman will continue to see the majority of the snaps. Chris Hogan, if he's playing all these snaps and not doing much, um, doesn't bode well for him that he could considerably play fewer snaps. Moving on. To the next game, the Broncos at the Jets. The Broncos lost this one, 16-34, as Case Keenum continues his fall. He actually had a decent game, I guess, um, stat-wise. But things aren't looking good for him and the Broncos' passing game for the most part. Aside from Demarius Thomas this week, um, well, actually, aside from the, the Broncos' passing game, um, pretty much on the whole, but they were playing from behind, and uh, Keenan was throwing the ball up a lot in the last part of the game. I just, I mean, it just wasn't a good game on his part. Demarius Thomas, like I was saying, five receptions, 105 yards, one touchdown. Finally, had the game we've been waiting for. <laughs> you know, maybe when it it doesn't really matter that much anymore, but I just hope you actually got to use them. Much of it came in garbage time. The Broncos were getting blown out, but I'll take it. I'm sure you will too. The Broncos faced the Rams in week six, so there's a good chance that they'll have to air it out there too. So Demarius Thomas, keep him in your lineups. Royce Freeman 
eight touches, 47 yards, is going to have to rely on touchdowns to make his day in fantasy. He's extremely touchdown dependent and has only two double-digit touch games on the season. The Broncos need Philip Lindsay in the game to generate offense in a hurry as they are often playing from behind these days. On the other side of the ball, up was down and down was up for the Jets as Isaiah Crowell ran for 219 yards and a touchdown. Robert Anderson had 123 yards and two touchdowns on only three receptions. And Quincy Anunwa put up a goose egg. Nothing. Anunwa was seen with a brace on his hand, so don't go blindly putting him into lineups for week six. Keep tabs on him. Anderson could be in, another big, in for another big week because of that. Bilal Powell, 99 yards, still out-touched Crowell, 20-16, and he'll remain a viable option in Week 6 in PPR leagues. Now, moving on to the Dolphins at the Bengals. Dolphins lost this one 17-27. Frank Gore, 12 touches, 63 yards, was out-touched by Kenyon Drake, who had 13 touches and 115 yards, but most of Drake's numbers came late in the game. The Dolphins seemed committed to giving Gore the first look in the game. On the other side of the ball, Joe Mixon played most of the game on Sunday, amassing 115 yards and a touchdown. So much for Mark Walton's share of that. He'll get his regular workload, Mixon, I mean, in week six against the, Pat- against the Steelers. Tight end Tyler Croft injured his foot on Sunday, forcing him to leave the game. C.J. Uzoma... Should see even more action than usual in week six if Croft can't go. Not much else of note in that game. Let's move on to the next one. The Falcons at Pittsburgh. They lost 17-41 to in another blowout. Devontae Freeman had 10 touches and 41 yards, and he only outsnapped Tevin Coleman 28-27. to It was likely just a precautionary measure as Freeman looked healthy. Matt Ryan couldn't get anybody going other than the constant dump off Austin Hooper on Sunday. Mohamed Sanu has now had either a touchdown or 100 yards in each of his last three games. I'm not that excited about him, but there are worse flex options you could use in standard leagues. On the other side of the ball, it might be time for a last gasp effort to trade James Conner, who had 25 touchers, 185 yards, and two touchdowns. He gets one last game all to himself in week, week six before the bye and before Le'Veon Bell returns. Vance McDonald, tight end, is definitely an asset for the Steelers. Love the way he plays. But with so many options in the passing game, his low number of targets, he has, he's had less than um, five per game, is going to make him somewhat inconsistent. And you're going to have to live with that. Do you want more of the Roster Watch podcast? Well, now you can have it. The Roster Watch Pro podcast is now available for pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com. All you have to do is sign up for a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. You get access to all pro podcasts as well as our tools for fantasy draft season like the epic and magical mystical cheat sheets, in-season tools like the matchup tools, snap counts, touches, targets, touchdown dependencies, so much more. And then our DFS products, including the DFS cheat sheets for DraftKings and FanDuel, the Vegas tool, the Hyper DFS Professional Lineup Optimizer, and so much more. If you play preseason DFS, Roster Watch Pro is for you. We'll have weekly previews of the main slates for all of our pro members mixed in with exclusive content from the 20 
2018 Training Camp Tour. And then in season, you're going to be able to enjoy Byron Lambert's legendary trade cast, uh, the Waiver Wire podcast, uh, premium podcasts like our weekly DFS breakdown. All this, all our tools, and all the access to us that you can imagine for the lowest price in the industry. We are a nation. Join us at rosterwatch.com. Moving on to the next game. The Giants at the Panthers. Giants almost pulled this one off, but they ended up losing 31-33. I think it's an unwise move to reward childish behavior, but that seems to be what happened with Odell Beckham Jr. on Sunday. Eight receptions, 131 yards, and one touchdown. It does say something about your offense and about your QB, I suppose, when your wide receiver throws the team's longest touchdown pass of the season. Odell Beckham threw a 57-yard touchdown pass on Sunday. Sterling Shepard, who had four receptions for 75 yards, did his best imitation of ODB, throwing a tantrum and a trash can on Sunday. Be nice to your trash cans, folks. Evan Ingram is week-to-week and may return in week six. I think Sterling Shepard will continue to produce but his stock might be the highest it's going to be all season while Ingram is out. On the other side of the ball, Wookiee, Wookiee wide receiver. I can't even do a Wookiee sound that well. Rookie wide receiver, DJ Moore, is starting to get some looks in the passing game. Four targets, 49 yards. A good test of his potential usage will come. When Greg Olson rejoins the team, possibly in week six. If you have the roster space, though, now isn't a bad time to scoop more up. Is that a better Wookiee? I think that's a little bit better Wookiee. Anyways, moving on to the next game. The Jaguars at the Chiefs. Jags lost this one 14-30. Dante Moncrief had 15 targets to lead the Jaguars. Six receptions, 76 yards. He's no less than the 1B in Jacksonville if Cole is the 1A. He needs to be owned in more than just 13% of leagues, which is the percentage he's owned right now. Corey Grant, running back, suffered a Liz Frank injury Sunday, ending his season. You need to hold on to TJ Yeldon, regardless if Leonard Fournette returns this week. Fournette is proving to be injury prone, and there's nobody behind him and Yeldon right now. On the other side of the ball, I was a little bit worried about Kareem Hunt's role after the first uh, couple of games, but the Chiefs seemed to have balanced out their offense over the last couple of weeks. He had 94 yards and a touchdown in this one. Patrick Mahomes, 313 yards, two interception. He played better than his stat line suggests. He's only thrown less than 300 yards in one game this season. It was his first game. Uh, this should go down as his hardest test of the season. I think he's largely matchup proof, and you can roll with him the rest of the way out, as long as he's healthy. Moving on to the next game, the Packers at the Lions. The Pack lost this 23-31. And, and as I suspected, the Packers' backfield is a committee. Aaron Jones is still probably the best option of the bunch, but you have to temper your expectations of monster games for him as Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery are going to stay involved. 
Marquez Valdez-Scantling had 10 targets, 7 receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. And Equanimia St. Brown, these two names, they're a mouthful. Hopefully they don't do too much this season because they don't like saying them and don't like typing them. Um, St. Brown had five targets, three receptions, 89 yards. Both stepped up admirably in the absence of Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison despite their losing effort. Most of Brown's work, though, came on one play, so I'm not rushing to pick him up this week. Marquez Valdez-Scantling on the other hand, should retain more value going into week six. Aside from week four, I usually don't talk about defenses, but uh, I'm starting to notice the Lions' defense. They've been solid, averaging over nine fantasy points per game this season. They have the bye week in week six, but they are not a bad streamer for week seven at Miami. Kerryon Johnson tweaked his ankle on Sunday, forcing him to lead the game, but he gets an extra week to heal up with the bye. He should be good to go in week seven. Marvin Johnson, one reception, eight yards, saved his day with a touchdown, and he was playing with a hurt ankle, but over five games, it seems obvious to me that he's third in the pecking order behind Kenny Galladay in Golden Tate. And moving on to the next game, the Ravens at the Browns. Ravens lost this one 9-12. to There isn't much to be said for the Ravens' offense in this one other than Buck Allen outsnapped Alex Collins 50-27. to Collins, I think, is a better back, but Allen is just, Allen is just more versatile. And the Ravens are a passing offense, so it looks like they're you know using him quite a bit more. On the other side of the ball, so much for Nick Chubb getting more involved in the Browns' offense. He only had three touches for two yards. Well, I guess he really only had three touches last week, too, but um, a lot more yardage. Carlos Hyde owners will be happy to know it's still his backfield. Rashard Higgins, wide receiver for the Browns, had three receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown. He injured himself on Sunday, but he should be able to go in week six. I think it'll be a solid start in PPR formats, as Antonio Callaway is showing that he still has much to learn. Only three receptions and 22 yards on the day. And after a slow start to the season, tight end David Njoku is starting to heat up with over five receptions and 50 yards, over 50 yards, over the last two weeks. Baker Mayfield has brought him to life. You need to start him. Moving on to the next game, the Titans at the Bills. The Titans lost this one, 12-13, to the Bills, who are up and down defensively. But they're winning games against pretty good teams. The Bills' defense has held the Titans in check all afternoon Sunday, limiting them to under 230 yards on the day. Marcus Mariota was erratic. After coming off a supercharged Week 4 performance, I don't have too much faith in him going into Baltimore in Week 6. I don't have much faith in Josh Allen either. He had 100 yards, 101 yards actually, one touchdown and one interception. But his team is finding ways to win, mostly through their defense. I'm still hands off any Bill, not named Shady. Who's speaking of, 
LaShawn McCoy had a reasonably productive day, 26 touches, 108 yards on the day. It's good to know that he can be used when he's healthy, even when the Bills' passing game is in shambles. And on to the next one. The Raiders at the Chargers. Raiders lost this one 10 to 26. Amari Cooper is the definition of boom or bust. If you looked up in the in the dictionary, boom or bust, I know it's several words, but anyway, this is just for the <laughs> for the illusion. Um Amari, you'd see a picture of Amari Cooper. He's literally alternating between over 100 yards or sub 20-yard games. It's time to move him in all formats. Trade him. Get him off your team. Make him someone else's headache. And don't be surprised if Martavis Bryant, who had three receptions for 91 yards, soon eclipses Cooper in the pecking order there in Oakland. We know he has the talent to be a number one receiver. And Cooper's frustrating play can't just be worrying on fantasy owners. The coaching staff has to be growing tired of that as well. I think Bryant needs to be added where you can. On the other side of the ball, Austin Eckler is on pace for over 1,000 all-purpose yards and nine touchdowns this season, and he's owned in less than 70% of leagues. So if he's out there, folks, go get him. Tyrell Williams... Three receptions, 66 yards. He's in a bad PPR play as long as Travis Benjamin is out, which could be through their week eight bye. On to the next game. The Cardinals at the 49ers. Cardinals won this one, 28-18. Christian Kirk had three receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown. He's emerging as Josh Rosen's favorite receiver and what will likely become a beautiful friendship. I think Kirk will actually end up being the Cardinals' leading receiver this season. And he's only owned in, I think, 9% of leagues. You need to pick him up. Matt Breida suffered a high ankle sprain in Sunday's loss and could miss a game or two. Alfred Morris needs to be owned in all formats. He's only 42% owned right now. And Kyle Juszczyk, say that, well, I guess you could say it multiple times fast, but... It would probably sound different every time. He had six receptions, 87 yards, and he should be added in PPR formats as long as Matt Breida is absent. Moving on to the next game, the Rams at the Seahawks. Rams pulled this one off 33-31. to The Rams offense operated as its usual startling pace. Aside from Brandon Cooks, who took a helmet-to-helmet, before recording any catches. If he can't go this week, one of my favorites from the 2017 Senior Bowl, Josh Reynolds, makes for an intriguing DFS and deep league play in Week 6. Chris Carson had a big game, 19 carries for 116 yards, but Mike Davis had 12 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown and stayed heavily involved in a close loss to the Rams. Both are flex-worthy this week, I think, against the Denver team that just got eaten up by the Jets. Let me repeat that, eaten up by the Jets running game. So I think they'll be good to go. Doug Baldwin only had one reception for one yard 
And no, he didn't re-injure himself. He just wasn't a big part of the game plan. As the Seahawks tried to beat the Rams on the ground, you know, it almost worked. Baldwin's owners are probably even more wary of him now than they have been. So I think it's a good time to sniff around for him in trade. Wide receiver David Moore had three receptions, 38 yards, and two touchdowns. I think he's moved ahead of Brandon Marshall in the depth chart. I don't think he's a high priority ad at this point, but he's definitely someone worth considering in deeper formats. Moving on to the next game, the Vikings at the Eagles. The Vikings won this one, 23-21. You know, just when you thought using Latavius Murray couldn't get any more precarious, Rock Thomas comes in and starts stealing goal line carries. Dalvin Cook could sit out week six, so this looks like even more of a situation to avoid than usual. On the other side of the ball, Corey Clement was active but didn't play a single down. Wendell Smallwood ended up having a decent game in his stead. Six touches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. They have a Thursday night game this week. It's a short week, so Smallwood could be worth flexing again. I'm holding off on using Clement till we see something from him in a game. And to our Sunday night game where Jason Garrett made another baffling coaching decision in overtime, not going for it on fourth and one in the in the giant side of the field. Anyways, that's that's another conversation for a different day. But don't let Alan Hearns' fantasy score deceive you. His one touchdown was his lone reception on the day. He's still not usable in fantasy. Someone who might be, though, tight end Jeff Swain, the reception for 55 yards. He's been the Cowboys' best receiver, not named Zeke Elliott, that is, over the past three games. He's not an exciting ad, but he might be the second best receiving option again this week as the Cowboys face the Jaguars, who are a little bit more lenient with tight ends than they are with receivers as far as the passing game goes on the other side of the ball Alfred Blue had 28 touches 119 yards he had a productive game on Sunday and to me he actually looks a little bit better than Lamar Miller right now Miller should be back in week six but Blue could retain some PPR value there and last but definitely not least Kiki QT six receptions 51 yards and a touchdown had a second straight respectable line in week in week five And as far as I'm concerned, he needs to be rostered in all formats moving forward. He's an extension of a running game that isn't getting far due to their shoddy offensive line. Anyway, that's all I have for you right now, Roster Watch Nation. Good luck this week, and I'll see you next Monday. (laughs) 